welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. There it is. Sometimes it catches me. Sometimes it, 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 it uh, the live sneaks up on you a second where you're like in the, you're like mid cough or getting a drink or something. But uh, such as such as life, I suppose, at the moment. So what's up, everybody? I am here at the moment by myself. Um, we had some issues with uh, some of this behind the scenes stuff that happens, right? Like when getting ready for this stuff and setting up and things of that nature. Um, we, my microphone, uh, cord broke, which is last week. If you heard like the clicking and then there was like another week that I can't hear when I'm doing this, but, um, it was creating this clicking noise. And so for people that were, especially were listening to the podcast, were just like, bro, like this is, this is aggravating. So, um, we had that, we're trying to do some, figure that out. We were, my wife is out getting parts for the microphone. That's, that's all I know. So, but that is kind of, uh, my life at the moment is like the clicking. How do we fix just the clicking? And then I can I can live life. But look, my name is CJ Reynolds, and I run this this thing called Real Rap with Reynolds, uh, which is just a safe space for teachers to be who they are, so that they can grow into who they are called to be. So that's what we're doing here every Sunday, um, even when if you're like me, I took off tomorrow. Uh, so I, there was something magical about having off. Working on a living on a Sunday, knowing you're taking off. I had a tooth pulled the other week. So I have to go in for like this post-op thing, but we have half day anyway. So I'm like, I'm just taking the day. And that's that. Uh, enough about me, more about you. What's going on with everyone? I'm, 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 I'm eager to kind of like jump right into this and to see what's going on with folks, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're going through. Um, there's a lot going on in the world right now. There is a lot going on in the world of education. There is a lot going on in just uh, things that are seeping into education. Our school is constantly going through changes and things are are in upheaval all the time, like on a level where like, uh, I told my, I was talking to my wife this morning and here, here's a little bit of my sort of inner dialogue at the moment is like, um, when you just wanna show up and teach, that's all you wanna do. Right. Like this was the job. The idea was, how can I just show up and be the best version of myself every day to fill myself with joy and hope and wonder and know how and, you know, all the stuff that has to do with your content and pedagogy. And then I just want to I just want to go into the classroom and share that and create opportunities and create moments and lessons and experiences and safe spaces for students. And then there's all this other crap that gets in the way is something I think I woefully, not even, I, I didn't even underestimate it. I just didn't even know it existed when I started teaching, right? It's like, you just want to teach, but then there's all this politics involved um, that really stops your practice from being the best that it could possibly be because you are worried about stuff, anxious about stuff, concerned about stuff, freaking out about stuff, filling your time with doing things that are, that are, I mean, in some cases, like in my case, worthless. Uh, and so that is, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm trying to work through that. I'm trying to work through like, how do I show up filled with joy every single day and do the greatest job I possibly can um, and cut out all of this other stuff. So yes, that's that's where we're starting at this week. Um, not to be a downer, I don't, I'm not trying to like, I live my life in such a way where I don't feel like being the downer, but like sometimes it is going through these moments that help to, to fortify us and create us and build us into the people that we need to be going forward because what got you here is not always what's going to be what gets you to the next place so that's some of my internal dialogue at the moment um i don't have my wife here so i'm gonna try and figure out this question situation and uh you know if i if i if i miss over you for a moment um please bear with me i will once my wife gets here we'll try and try and knock into it so i think this is my first question. Uh, this is my friend Laura Campion 
is asking, hey, Reynolds and the not-so-secret wife, uh, real quick, in case you don't know why I call her that, every once in a while there's someone that's like, he never lets his wife on camera. That's because she doesn't want to be. She doesn't, she doesn't want to, she doesn't even want to talk. When, sometimes when I talk to her and she's on the side, she's not here right now. Um, so we'll talk about it. She just looks at me, she's like, and I'm like, babe, this is, this is your jam. Like, you, you got to feel this question because this is your thing. And so it's just funny to me. First year in 25 years of teaching that I've considered early retirement. Can you share with us your plans, if you have any, to leave teaching and your big work dreams? Um, sure. So I have also, oh man, I guess I'm just going to talk about this. Um, I don't think I'm going back to my school next year. Uh, now, whether that means I'm leaving teaching, I don't. So look, I... I, I'm a calling person. I'm a missional person, meaning um, I feel called uh, to to be in the world of education. My job is to uplift, inspire, educate, create moments for students, right? And for me, that has largely been um, youth that I think are often, if not always, marginalized, right? So, like, there's a reason that I teach where I teach. There's a reason I teach who I teach. Um, but I feel like that has been my calling uh, to do so. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not interested in like, um, and this is no slight to anyone that is like, I have a number of friends that have left this year and they're just like out of education. They're like, nope, I'm gonna go work at an office in a cubicle and something that's utterly predictable with little to no stress. It re literally reminds me of that scene from uh, American Beauty when, um, for those of you that have seen it, Kevin Spacey gets a job working at a fast food place uh, as a grown man, because he's like, I want a job with the least possible amount of responsibility. So I have friends that have gone that route and are completely happy doing it. I'm not, that's not my call. Um, my my calling is to is to still do the work that I've been given. Although I think that what I'm really feeling is that um, at my school, I am often a, a person that other teachers come to, right? And so they will talk to me about what's going on in their classrooms, what's going on in their life. And I've really given a lot of thought in the last year about uh, maybe that is, I think that is what is next. Next for me is to pour deeply and intentionally into educators so that they can pour into their students, that I get a hundred and less than 150 freshmen a year, something around there. Um, less than 500 kids in the whole school. I can't engage with that many students. Um, but if students are my focus, if education is only ever about students, how do I pour into teachers? And then that becomes this multiplying effect. So instead of just planting and harvesting fruit, what if I'm planting trees? And so that's, that is something that's been on my heart and that I'm feeling called into. Um, my school, I just vehemently just and this, I, I will. I'll, I'll talk about this. Like, but right now is not the time. Um, but this will be a conversation that happens. Just, just to create clarity, and for all of you that followed along for so long to see kind of what's happening and and things of that nature. Like, some folks that have reached out to me, I've talked to about like what's happening. But we are off mission. Um, there's a very clear mission that we are that we are after at our school, and that is to create. Um, we are charter school. Uh, we are not a private school, like many people think. We are a charter school that operates off 70% of the funding that a that a public school of our size would get. Um, the rest of it has to be has to be raised, and so we are trying to create um, a college track experience, a private school experience for young Black and Brown men um, who who are Black and Brown Black males have the lowest graduation rate of anybody in the country, and so we are trying to offset that um, by creating a bridge from, from our school to college and beyond. And it is, it is my opinion that we are off mission, that we are not doing that. And so, and so I think we are actively working the other way oftentimes. And so that to me is, is it's sad, it's hurtful, and, and it's not something that I want to be a part of because it's, I think it's damaging at this point. Um, and look, there's no one person to blame for that, right? It is a systematic problem. We've had five principals in the last six years. 
Um, there's been all of this different change. So I'm not, I would never point a finger and say like, it's just this particular administration or it's just these teachers or it's just this thing. It's a lot of things. Um, and it's, and it's, and so that's what I'm thinking about uh, with regards to, to my future, but I will be very transparent when I know what's going on and what's coming up next, because I think, um, I think you all deserve that. I think I've been on here for a really long time, you know, talking about this stuff. Uh, and, and so that's, that's where we're at with that. Um, what's up, love? Holy smokes. That's made a it back. of a, uh, beginning that's a, that's question That's the first question. Laura. Laura can't I, jump, jump, hold no punches. And now um, I jumped in, right? Let's say, I, I don't ever look, get to look at the comments, like while we're on here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot happening Still sunny at 8 PM in Cape town. <sighs> we have the sun. It's 12 degrees out here today though. So, uh, God bless you, man. I would love to go to Cape town. Um, so let me ask you, do you have any advice for Laura for her situation? If it's her first year in, or first time in 25 years that she's considering early retirement, um, yeah, it's a big decision. Um, yeah. Can you help? Um, you know, I, how do you make those decisions? Is there any insight on how you can, or suggestions that you can give someone else? I, you know, Laura, for me, it, some of it feels like such a failure right? Like there's, this is some of the stuff I'm wrestling with is like feeling like a failure, feeling like I wanted to do this job so much. And I just wanted to stay in the same place. I wanted kids to come to room 106 forever. And they can at least count that Reynolds is there. But I also know that I don't want to be a part of something that I don't think is, is so if my, if my goal, my goal is not to teach English, right? My goal is to teach children and is to affect the lives of young people. And for me, I mean, I've talked about this before, I teach ninth grade because that's the grade I needed myself at the most. And so it's finding folks that think they're invisible, finding folks that don't think they have a voice, finding folks that don't think they're worth anything. And then just holding a mirror up to them. It's not even me like pouring, I mean, it's not me fixing you, it's not me saving you. It is me holding a mirror up to your reality and, and giving you a platform and a space and a place to speak your truth, to find ways to deepen um, your, your ability so that you can see what you want, know what you want, see what you're called to. And then what I want to do is just try and give you um, time, room, and space to be able to grow into that, right? That's, that's what I want to do as an educator. And so if I can't do that where I am, um, I'm going to go somewhere where I can. I'm going to go do something that I, that I, it's like, if these are systemic issues, it's like, maybe I need to like move into a different position to be able to address some of those things and bring all that I've learned. Right. So like, Laura, if you, if you did something similar, right. Like, let's say, I don't know, you started teaching college or something of that nature. It's like, you're bringing all that experience. I've had professional development meetings this year, six or seven times led by a group of individuals that have taught one to two to no years. What, what? Like, it just is like, not that, not that you don't have anything to say when you're at that stage of your career, but it's like to be able to launch a platform that is like, no, this is what we're going to do is educate y'all about how we're doing this, uh, how to do it. It's like, if someone played piano for a year, I'm not taking a lesson from them. It's great that they're learning and growing. And, and in that space, I think that's awesome. And we've all been there before, but that's not who I want as like a coach. So I'm just trying to think about what does, where, what am I uniquely qualified for? I'm not qualified for everything, but I am, I have been in this. I've been through it. I've worked with students. I've worked with, I've been in my unique situation. How does that, how can I use that to bless others? That's what I'm thinking about. And I, I think that's where most of us could start if you're, if you're contemplating and look, there's still schools that have great people. Like there's still schools out there that are doing great work. There's still um, schools that are running really well. Yeah, that people are people are having great years, yeah. right? And so I, I think that, that there's something to that. And like to go to a school that's having a great year um, and not all those schools are like bougie private schools or like have tons of money or resources. You know, what I'm, what I'm thinking is like, it's not just like, like it's not just easy to be somewhere and not that private schools are easy places to be by, by any stretch, but like, um, I just think like there are people out there that I'm like, yo, if I lived closer and I could go work with my guy, Dave Dunsavage, like I would do it. 
Mm. Like it would be a dream to work with someone. I, damn near everyone on here, right? Like I mean, you know, like if you got to go work with Laura Green, it would be like your life's just instantly better. If you work with Chris Carson, your life's instantly better. If You're you good, work with James Pete, team, yeah, 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 you just are like it's just a, it's a game changer. So yeah. anyway, okay. Um, Stephanie Shook is next and she is asking, how do you stay positive in spite of the negativity around you at school and the upcoming changes for next year? I don't want to quit two years in, but something has to give. So look, I'm going to give the most realist answer I can. And I don't know that how I'm going to put this out there and maybe this is a seed that grows in your garden and maybe it's not. Um, I think that it has that you have to get super simple and focused on what your mission is. If my mission is teaching children, I cut out everything that doesn't have to do with that. Now, look, I know that people can't say no to things and I say no to a lot. I mean, I just don't do stuff. I don't, I've, I'm supposed to do lesson plans. I haven't done one lesson plan all year. There are meetings I'm supposed to go to that I don't go to. And when I go to them and they're online, I play a video in the background. Like I close my screen, I play a video and that looks like I'm paying attention like this. Um, and I just do other stuff that I think is more important. Uh, I don't go to, I just, I just cut out a lot of stuff. I just, I, and I don't, I don't do it. Um, and that isn't, so I think there's folks probably, <laughs> probably like me that do that but they're like then they leave school early then they're just like doing their own thing you know what i mean they're running their business from their classroom on their prep or something like that i don't do that i don't do a damn real rapid reynolds thing in school my agreement with my school for years now has been that school is a sacred space where we are just we're focusing on this and then real rapid reynolds any recording i do is after everything all my, my contracted hours in school um so but what i'd rather do is like instead of going to some mandated nonsense. And I, and I know there's a teacher that like, this is where my life is at right now, where there's someone crying upstairs and I know I can go upstairs and help them. When I know that I'm supposed to be downstairs in some horrendous school assembly, that is a train wreck that if I go down there, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm one person against a million that it feels like, and there's nothing I can do. Uh, but I know there's, two or three kids that are sitting outside of the office and their parents are coming up and they got in trouble and I can sit with them for a moment and help them to at least focus on like, all right, what, how can we grow in this moment? Like, what are we going to do? What happened? What really happened in, in that class? What happened with that teacher? What happened with that other student? Why are you feeling so angry or sad right now? I'm just going to do it. So I just get hyper-focused on the thing that I'm supposed to do. And then Steph, it's really becoming like, um, almost how do I, how do I, smile in the midst of this stuff right my whole year that my my theme for this year is like finding more joy in things so it's being in class and like when everything's going wrong it's like trying to figure out a way to like shift to pivot that was that word um (laughs) to to change what's going on so for instance last week i have um there's my third period classes is really is a challenge a lot of days so they come from a class where there's been a sub for since winter, since before winter break, a teacher has been out. I have no idea what's going on there. Then they go to a class that um, is a newer teacher. They, that teacher is struggling this year. The kids really act up and they get away with a lot in there. And then they come to my class. So then last week, my floating bookshelves on the wall, four of them got knocked off because of what happens between the time that I get to my class and that other teacher is leaving and the time that I show up, right? There's all this like, rough housing and stuff. And four of those things have gotten ripped off of my wall. There's books all over the place. It's a mess when I go in there. And so it's me sitting down and just saying, look, we need to, we need to recalibrate. We need to hit the recalibration button right now and get, and get our minds right and get focused and understand what we're doing here. And in a very real way. So then it's having that conversation. And then I don't want that to steal my joy. I don't want that to steal my energy. So it's then shifting into something that is going to bring joy. So last week, we did um, an assignment that the students had to do that was that was difficult. And then in the last seven minutes of class, I've been doing minute to win it games. So I just went on YouTube, I'm going to make a video about this too. Uh, Silly games with things I can find just basically in my classroom that are fun. 
and I and I'm not allowed to have fun this year. I was one of the things I was told this year was that I'm no longer allowed to play music in my classroom, even if it's just low like classical music in the background or jazz or, or lo-fi hip hop. No longer allowed to have music in my classroom, um, and we're not allowed to do anything fun if it's not on the curriculum or if it's not tied to state standards. And so I just don't listen to that. And then we've been doing minute to win it games every day um, because I know that shared experience build shared camaraderie. I know that they can, that the school can do all the icebreakers that they want in a meeting, that the school can do all of the get to know you activities. But we all know that drinks after school builds more camaraderie or coffee with someone or going out to dinner or having someone over your house builds community better than any icebreaker ever will. So it's getting real about those things and realizing that fun isn't just wasting time. It's not um, time that could be better spent like reading more or doing more math problems. But what I'm trying to do is build connection so that we are a unified front and going forward, you just trust me that I have your best interest in mind and that I love you and I care for you. And your success is the only thing I care about. And so I'm willing to shirk responsibilities and obligations because I want to focus on students. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only reason I'm there. And so it is when I get super hyper focused on that and i can feel myself going there now um i want to then figure out how can i smile in the midst of that and it's me figuring that out and so some of that has been like i'm always saying like pouring things into myself some of that has been date night which is my favorite night of the week some of that has been an hour of mandatory family time uh every evening with my with my kids my students my my real my students i made um <laughs> the uh it is and i'm really thinking about like how much more can i build that out so i'm having not just one night a week with my wife but like how do i build that out so that i'm having more time doing things that are filling me up so i can fight the empire when i'm at school um it's really what it feels yeah. like look or i feel like the weeks are just so long for you right yeah. now some weeks more so than others star wars feels like your autobiography but you're not luke you're like <laughs> a random ass uh <laughs> x-wing fighter all right our next question comes from sophia she's asking i'm trying to reestablish structure for my students since they have had a sub for so long any tips on how to do this and minimize behavior problems yes i love this question all right so sophia i think one of the things that you should do is, um, I think it's getting, it's sitting with kids and I, I like sitting with them, not standing in front of them. And I will oftentimes like have my desks in a circle. And if they're not, if they're in rows, I sit in like the middle of the room. I don't sit in the front. Uh, and because I want to have this sense that like, we're in this together, right? We are doing this thing together. And this is so informal that I'm not at my desk. I'm not sitting in front of the room. We're just sitting with one another. And I'm like, hey, listen, real quick. Um, what's been the hardest part about having a sub for the last few weeks? What's been the best part about having a sub? Um, what are things that you love about this school year? Or what are some things that you would change if you could change this, this school year? So you're still talking about education. You're talking about class. You're talking about what the kids need. But it's in this real informal way. And then it's really reminding kids, like I said I did last week, that, look, there is, like, the odds are stacked against many of you right? Like the, the world is, is set up in such a way where you're just not supposed to win. Um, but I want to remind you that I want you to win. It is literally my mission in life to do whatever I can to help you to be the best version of yourself. And I, that actually like is, is what most of my waking hours are put behind. Um, because I, because I care about you and I want you to win. Um, so here's how we're going to do that. And then it is explaining literally, Everything from my do now to why I need you to bring a pen to why I need you to not talk when other people are talking to why we're reading together to why we're reading uh, quietly to why you have to do this question on your own to why you um, are like why I won't help you with that part or and why I will help you with this part why I'm going to give somebody extra time and extra credit and why for many of you I'm never going to take late work and I won't accept anything less than your best. It is walking kids through the why of all of that and letting them see this is all part of, of the master plan to help you grow into the best version of yourself. And I think when we do that, it changes everything because it lets kids know that you believe that you that you what you're doing is for the best in them without just saying, you know, it's kind of like what I tell kids all the time is like, this isn't like when 
if my mom hit me when I was a kid and your mom would say something like, uh, like, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because that <laughs> hand hurt my ass. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not like. I just laughed because I had parents who said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they'd be like, you know, are you crying? I'll give you something to yeah. cry about. Actually, I'm good. I already have the thing. Like, you can clearly, this is the, this is the evidence. Um, I'm, we're good. So, but it's walking kids through how that's actually going to help. And then sometimes it's having like the bigger conversations with students that don't really believe. Like I think I've talked about last week, some of my guys were like saying that they were going to drop out if they failed this year. And I said, all right, fair enough. Like you, you control you, bro. Um, but let's talk about what do you want in your life? And then it ultimately 95% of the time draws back to, I need to get a high school education. I need it. It is, is a prerequisite for the other things I want to do. So for my guy that wants to teach, it's like, no, nah, I'm be a teacher. Bro, you can't be a teacher if you didn't pass high school because you got to go to college to get the training to be a teacher. It's like there's, it's like when I talk about Joe wanted to be a nurse and he was going to drop out. I'm like, you can't show up at the hospital and start nursing people. You will get arrested. Like <laughs> this is a prerequisite for that. So, but if you want to be, um an auto mechanic look i would still make the case that like there are hard things you're gonna have to get through in your life use this as a training ground right go to a vocational school and get the training there like there's just it is it is creating holding a mirror up and creating the the connection point for kids from this is where you are this is where you want to be i'm going to help you draw a line to that point well the line usually looks like this and not a straight line but like i think that that is that's real macro, but I think that that is, um, you have to go there. You have to have your vision, your why, your what you want to do before you can bring kids down to the micro of, hey, I need you to do all your journal entries and I need them to meet the, the um, requirements that I've set out for it. This is seems stupid. Seems like it's not that big of a deal. Why didn't you give me credit? Because I didn't put a period on the end because the world needs you to put a period on the end of your sentence. And now I'm going to sit here and talk to you about why we use periods. Like, I'm going to talk to you about why some letters are capitalized and why your name should be capitalized. And we're going to break all that down for you. Because so if you ask a question, guess what? You're going to get an answer. But I'm going to give you an answer in a way that it makes it important in your life that you're doing that sort of stuff. So I love that answer for kids because that's when it makes sense. That's when it connects. That's when it like, they're yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you can tell kids to brush your teeth because you I, said right? so. But like. <laughs> Where you're gonna get a cavity? Yeah, like Bro, let's really talk about what two it's like. teeth pulled in the last year. Let's talk about why we need to brush our teeth. Right. Um, I do I brush my say, teeth. By the way, I want I want to say I brush my teeth. By the way, I want to say thank you to K Sign. Um, they gave us a five dollars super chat. So thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And so we're gonna answer their question. They are asking. Oh, is this pay, you pay and you I get your, mean, your yeah, pay? You just get moved up the line. <laughs> I guess I, that's how I can say thank you. Um, they're asking how stressful is teaching? I plan to become a high school math teacher in California. I only plan to work my contracted hours and help students who care. <laughs> look, I, I think, look, I mean, for me, teaching is everything. It's, it's, it's what I was built for. And I had no idea. Um, is it stressful? Yes. But I think things you love create stress in your life because you care about them, right? Like my kids don't listen to me or when they don't aren't doing what is needed in their life, it stresses me out, not because they're not listening, not because it's like, it hits my ego or my pride. It's like, no, like, like you need to be able to learn how to take care of yourself. Um, and so to me though, it is what I think reduces that stress is being real clear on your vision, being really tuned in and, and connected to your community at school and at large. So that's going to, that's going to help because you're finding people to do life with that are to have that sort of singular focus. Um, it's pouring into yourself at, in, at every turn. Uh, it's, you know, and it's trying to find ways to bring what you have to the job, right? When we talk about this idea of your ordinary as somebody else's extraordinary, everybody has something extraordinary about them, right? Whether it's you have utter patience. Um, and I think about, I think about my community at school, right? Like, uh, and I'll say my community over the last few years, right? Because it's really dwindled, but like 
my friend Sarah is um, the most like attent. Like if you come into her room, she could be in the middle. Her her she has piles of paperwork and things to do all the time. If a kid comes in and needs something, she just stops. And with the kindest eyes, just listens to every single word that they have to say and tries to really, really help them. Even if it means she has to come to school at five o'clock in the morning, which she's not allowed to do anymore because they lock the doors and they won't let us in. But um, but she will get up still at five o'clock in the morning to do work so she has time for kids. Uh, or my buddy finds that used to be my co-teacher who would um, has like he takes this ADHD that he is like walking like with the his ties to the side and his hat's on crooked and he looks like the guy from Flubber, but it's, he gets so excited about student ideas that he helps them bring things to life. Want to start a podcast? Oh my God, this is what we should do. We're going to start after school and we're going to do this thing. And the kids are all freaking excited and stuff. And like, it is, you're just around them and you're like, I'm really excited. I don't even want to do that. And I don't even, I, that is not my life, but I'm just excited being around people that are excited or Cho who just took no nonsense. I don't care what your story is, you're going to succeed because I've come from something that was really hard and I know it can be done and you're feeding yourself a bowl of lies. And so instead, we're going to feed you a bowl of truth and we're going to help you figure this out no matter what. It is like kind of like being like part of the Avengers or something like that. And like, and even if you're Hawkeye and all you can do is shoot a bow and arrow, right? And you're not Thor, but like, we're getting a little nerdy here, um, but uh, it is it is taking whatever your extraordinary piece is and adding that to the equation. And that just also becomes really fun because you have people to count on, people to get excited with, people to hear you when you have a hard day. And so is it stressful? Yes. But I think there's I think that it's stressful because it's really important work and that's being done in a broken system. Um, but you're doing it with awesome people. I think that's where I go with that. Right. What you got, buddy? All right, Stephanie Shook. Um, I don't know if this was part two or if it was the second question. Um, she says, I don't really want to teach summer school, but I think I will have to for financial reasons. Advice on how to prepare or rest while basically not having a full break for three years in a row. So isn't it funny, Steph, though, that like um, when people are like, teachers have off three months a year. And I'm like, no, we don't. We, we really don't. Because teachers have off for like a minuscule amount of time. And then before you know it, it's back to school and you're doing all the things that get ready. And it takes at least two weeks to turn off. So you're like not waking up in the morning going, what is my lesson plan? Did I finish all of my stuff I have to do? Uh, so look, I, I think that there's better paying positions than, than summer school. I would really look into something like outschooling um, where you can teach online. I would look into different tutoring programs or, or things of that nature. I used to work at one in Jersey called Excel Academy. And it was just for kids that need help in the summer. And it paid way more than school did. And it was kind of like this amazing opportunity to work with students I wouldn't normally work with in a neighborhood that I wouldn't normally work with. So it wasn't the same thing all the time. Um, or you know, I, I think that there might be opportunities and this might be something to ask in the Facebook group, like what is, what do people do to make money in the summer? I think there might be other opportunities out there as well that are going to uh, be lucrative, that will fit your schedule and stuff like that, but give you a break from the work you're doing. I think sometimes taking a break from teaching is like, um, I used to really like as, as much as it sucked to have to, like when I used to have to like work um, kind of what we'll call regular jobs in the summer. Uh, like I, I had to do so many of them, right? So I'd work at Home Depot and I'd also cut lawns and I was also a handyman. I also did construction, right? Just to make ends meet. Um, there was something nice about mowing someone's lawn that no one, I just had like air, or not AirPods then, but like headphones, headphones. on and like uh, <laughs> just mowing someone's lawn. And it was like the monotony of that was so peaceful to me. Um, that like I've often thought like it would probably be pretty fun to be a waiter somewhere or a bartender. I think I was just like talking to people and you're out for the night and I'm like, you know, telling jokes and like you can use the same joke over and over again. Like it's, it's different people like coming in. I just think that there's, I, I think sometimes shifting that and figuring out something else to do with it is good. Uh, and then, um, but I think maybe look for something that's not at your school, look into some like, um, online academies or online opportunities that are still serving students, especially right now. Um, there's got, I feel like there's got to be, whether that's like, what is it like VIP teacher that everyone VIP was doing? Kids. 
and Dada ABC. Dada ABC we did a deal with before and, and helped them. Especially when it's, I feel like when it's overseas, you can probably, you wake up really early. So that's a great start. Like yeah. you stuff, like the way to like start your day, like five. <laughs> yeah. And then kick it with your kids at the beach in the afternoon. Yeah. And then, yeah. Right. You're done early. Yeah. Unless you're Tracy Pinter, they don't have any beaches in mm -hmm. Iowa or Ohio or any of those. Out those. there. Mari, let's anyway. our next question is Linda is asking, what are your thoughts on giving AP level courses to as many students as possible for equity? Um, students in my school are enrolled in AP classes without a choice. Students want, students don't want the rigor. So to me, look, Linda, I think sometimes things come down to like, why are we doing stuff? Are we, if we're really trying to create equity, that's a conversation and that should be a conversation that's had with family, families and with students and here are the benefits of doing uh, advanced placement. Um, but just being put into it, look, I'm not saying this is what schools are doing, but it does make me wonder, are we doing this so we can say we have this many kids in AP? Are we doing this so we can say our honors class has 35 students in it? And it's like, is it like, should it be like, I know we have students have historically taken AP classes and they weren't ready for it. And all it does is crush them. It's like, to me, it's sort of like, if a kid can't bench press a hundred pounds, but we're two, putting 200 pounds on there, um, it's like, they're not gonna be able to lift it. So I think we have to meet kids where they are. Now, look, if this is a, a matter of like, kids just not wanting to do it, they're fully capable. Um, but they just don't want to work that hard. They're trying to skate through or get by without doing that much work. That's a different conversation, but I think that takes character building on the part of the students. So I think the school should be focusing on a lot of character building traits and goal, goal setting and things of that nature so that you are helping kids to dial into like, don't just limit yourself. Like, don't be, don't be mediocre. Don't be, don't get by with what you can do. Um, what can what do you have the possibility of doing but i think that even that requires us to have conversations create experiences around this idea of getting kids excited about what potential they have what they could do if they really applied themselves um instead of like some like reason that's just not as motivational to a 15 year old or a 16 year old or a 17 year old like hey don't you want to get a scholarship and they're thinking why, why do I care and it's like making that real like don't you want to go to a good school who cares like you have to make it something they actually care about um so that's that's where I you know would go with that but you know I, I think it comes down to like having a conversation with your school and saying like what, what are we doing this for? Like for a real way. And then really wondering if that's good, because I'll tell you what, I work with people um, that can make things sound like it's a no duh idea. Why don't you have an objective written on your board every day, Reynolds? Like the school, like the state standards, like the state objectives, like, you know, like I'm supposed to have them listed on my board um, because the kids need to know what they're learning about. Um, all right. I kind of get that. I don't do it, but I kind of get it. I do have an objective of like, here's what we're doing. And this is why we're doing it was why it's important. But then when you come in and you go, why aren't they color coded? I'm sorry, come again. Yeah. Why don't you color code the things? That, I'm sorry. Do you work at a school where we have multiple colors of expo markers? Cause I have black and I bought them all myself. So no, we don't have the multi-pack here. Um, and I'm not spending time doing that because it's dumb and no one's looking at it anyway. So it's like really, but they'll say it with such convenience like conviction oh my gosh you should have your objectives on the board they should be color-coded every day like why don't you have that and i start wondering like yeah why don't i have that oh yeah i don't have it because it's dumb like that so it doesn't have any bearing on it on the actual students education so i think it's really getting clear about that too and just not getting caught up in like because someone said it was important it's important it's what is the actual value there and then building up that that confidence in students and we're doing that work with students and families and, and the rest of it so we're going to ask um, Heather Clarkson It has a comment. I'm not sure if it's yeah. a question or just a comment, but I thought she could use a little advice. She said, so one of my teacher friends across the hall has been suspended. He tells me he doesn't know why he is so depressed. I feel helpless. Uh, that makes me sad. That is sad. Um, Heather, I think that, I mean, <sighs> part of 
part of me thinks it is important to tread lightly. We don't always know why people get in trouble. I've known people at school that have gotten in trouble some, for some pretty heinous things. Um, and uh, <laughs> maybe my next book will be called What Happened? And then I can just <laughs> talk about stuff. But like uh, for some pretty heinous things. And then I, in retrospect, I'm like, man, I wish I'd known that because I wouldn't have associated myself with someone, right? Because I just want to be careful. And uh, I think that's worth just being mindful of, not fearful of, not walking in fear, not walking in um, like, oh, got suspended. Like, cause I'm sure that's what everyone's doing because I think that there's also a part of me that like wants to just care for people, right? Like I think that it is, you know, getting coffee with them. It's not even asking them what happened or having them hash it out or share things with you or be vulnerable. Like if that's not where they want to go with it, there's huge value to just showing up uh, with care, with um, dropping off a bottle of wine. I just dropped off some coffee. I'm just coming over to just say, hey, you good? Are you all right? Is everything, you know, is there anything I can do? Sometimes it's just the ask is enough. Uh, it's not the thing that we bring. It's the fact that we brought something. And so, um, and remembering that, uh, I think it's important note for many people to remember that when you do come over and give that gift, you're not sure how someone's going to receive it. You're not even sure if they want it. Uh, but it is the act, I think it goes really far of you showing up and giving someone something. Now, whether they take that gift and they throw it in the garbage or they put it in the closet or they re-give it to someone else, I am I separate myself from that. I show up with love and in love and then like give the thing. And then what you do with that is up to you. It's like I can give you the compliment, but if you don't want to hear it, I, you know, this is, I have to make it about me. I have to make it about like, me showing up and doing the thing. So that's, that's what I would do is figure out way, some way that you could show up uh, and, and give an expression of care. All right, our next question comes from James um, is saying, I just finished my just finished my first 21 week long term subbing job. And I loved it. But I'm having a hard time being hired as a 59 year old first time teacher. Any advice? James? First of all, they should hire you because you're 59. That's what I'm talking about. Right? It's no, a life experience. Like, what like let's just talk about that for a second. Like, James, if you have lived uh, life for 59 years, you right? Learn something in there. There's, there's so much <laughs> to give, right? But it's like this idea, and this is no shade, right? Let's caveat it with that. When you're 22, many 22-year-olds have not lived life. Some have. Some have had it hard. Some have gone through some stuff. Some have learned some life lessons. Some have like taken the fast track to adulthood at a young age, right? And you got something else, something other to bring. And so if you're 22 and you have and you've had a your life has been blessed and you haven't been through all that, you know what? You no, know you have to bring your youthful energy and exuberance. And there's there's something for everyone. But when we discount folks because of their age, right? It's like, bro, I'm 59. Like, I'm still here. I made it. I'm doing so. I'm trying to get into your school. Uh, like, there's a teacher shortage. Why can't James Hernandez get a job? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and you can show up and, and give it your all. Uh, James, I would lean on that. Like, lean in. I would. That I, that's part doing. of what I would do is, like, is talk about what you have learned and what you have figured out and then what you can bring to this experience. Um, and, and, and I, there's nothing, there's no, what do they say? There's like no uh, alternative, like experience is the ultimate thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing better than that, that can take the place of that. Uh, so that's one thing, James. I think the other thing is in my experience, it is, I oh gosh, everything is based on relationships, right? It's like who you know. So it's, I think, getting into more schools, doing more work and trying to find that person that's going to go, oh, James Hernandez isn't hired full-time by anyone. Like, how do we get this dude in here full-time? Um, I had this guy that I worked with this year, uh, Mr. Zimmerman. And Zimmerman was, I don't know, in his mid to late 60s and was just starting as a teacher again. And he is so great. His, like, organization was on point. His, his the amount that he knew about Latin was like astronomical, his patience with kids and families and his willingness to want to help kids succeed. 
was beyond most of us. It was like you just watching, you're like, yo, Zimmerman just kind of glides through the hallway when he's walking. It's just like he just he's living in his purpose. And so I think that what you need to do, James, is have people figure, like have them see that who you are, what you bring, what you do. Um, and then when they see that, they will undoubtedly know that they need you. But when they can't see it, then they don't know that that's what they need. So you need to show them, like show up and keep subbing or keep doing after school programs or tutoring kids. And it's like, here's like, let me add to this. You know, let me, let me, how, this is how I add value to, to your community and what you're doing. Um, that, that's what I think, that's where I think we find opportunity. All right. Our next question comes from Sarah Lee. It's a good one. What books do you love the most to share with students, especially mm. students who are struggling in life slash school? Uh, I'll tell you one of the books, um, one of the things I've been sharing with kids a lot, and sometimes I just photocopy it, which is illegal. And I give it to my students is, um, uh, Tim Ferriss has a couple of books. One's called Tools for Titans. And the other one, I forget what it is called, but it is, a, if you look up Tools for Titans on Amazon, it's going to give you like that. People often looked at this or often bought this in tandem. Um, and here's why I like it, because the other day, like one of the articles or one of the parts of the book I gave to students was by Terry Crews, who was an actor who's been in like Friday and he's on, I don't know, he's the old Spice commercial guy, the bald guy with all the muscles. Um, he's a fascinating dude in real life. I read his book and it's, he's a really fascinating individual. And, uh, my students had no idea. They just thought he was like, used to play pro football. Now he does old spice commercials and he's on TV shows and stuff like that. But it is connecting kids in these short bursts of like what you can, what you love and, and or like life lessons. And so I think that when kids realize that reading a lot of it is just like unlocking your own potential. It's showing you what's possible. It's letting you see someone that lived a, a life very similar to yours and, and found great success and joy and, and, and love. Um, it's doing that. So the, those books um, in a very similar vein, but in a fiction sense, my students love Jason Reynolds. I, I, the, they never come back. Those books, kids take them forever and I never see them again. So I just re, keep reordering Jason Reynolds books over and over and over again. Um, and then lately, what else have I been sharing with kids? I think some all time favorites just of mine in general are, uh, what is it? Uh, you shall know our velocity is a really great book. The Beach is a really great book. And these are like favorites of mine since forever. Uh, but there's something in a lot of those books that like resonate. Look, look don't just buy those books, read the thing first, because there's all kinds of questionable things happening in some of <laughs> the books that I mentioned. Um, but it, to me, it's about getting kids to read and not being so worried about like, I don't, I don't think kids read a book and then they go out and start selling drugs. I think that they so uh, install the book banning. That's yeah, happening. yeah. I just think that it's like it is yeah, it's stupid sometimes well it's not just stupid but i think that is walking young people through hard things and so it's not like i could say you know one of the things i thought about watching with our kids recently was um amistad remember that movie mm -hmm. but the beginning of it and one of the things i think is so powerful about it is that when they show like how slaves went from africa to the united states and how they went through like the door of no return and how like the the, what the experience was like on the boat and stuff. Um, but there's a lot of nudity, in it, right? Right, right? And so it's, I could say, uh, I don't know if I want my kids exposed to that much nudity, or I could say, no, this was real life for people. So yeah, when we are talking about systemic issues, let's go back to some of the, the roots of this and look at that and see where we're going, where we came from. And so I think that it is not just exposing kids to things. It is being a guide to young people through these experiences also. So I don't just say, go read a book, go read night. It's like, no, I need to walk with you through night. I need to walk with you because Lord of the Flies just looks like kids on an island having fun. And then, oh, snap, some bad stuff happened. People got killed. It's like, let me, let me talk you through that. Or at, le or at least at the very least, let you talk yourself through that. And we can have conversations around that and engage with it instead of like, um, just handing it over. 
All right, our next question comes from Aisha. Uh, she's asking, what is the difference between establishing rigor and a student being lazy? Many of my AIG students are just working through stuff quickly, but not trying to expand their thinking. Mm. So I think this is where we talk about things like differentiated instruction are so important. Um, I, one of my favorite things to see happen, this is, this sounds, sounds like not like it should be my favorite, is when several years ago, uh, my buddy finds I was talking about brings in all these Legos. He has all of his Legos from when he was a child, right? And they're in all these cases. He brings them in and we decide we're going to build the island from Lord of the Flies. And every single kid in the class gets a section of the island. Their job is to build it. We're going to pull them all together and create this model. So then now we're reading it. Students that struggled really with spatial awareness and with comprehension have to read certain passages, comprehend them so they can build the thing and now we put it together and everyone understands what's going on in the island and where it's happening and how this all comes together. Um, there were kids that hated that project that were like, can we just read the book? Can we just answer the questions and hand them in? Can we just like, where, when's the test? How Do I have to do this? Is this worth, is this worth, how many points is this worth? That like they were so good at the, the regular school of read it, learn it, regurgitate it, that like, oh no, like don't bro, don't bring some critical thinking in here. Don't bring some, I'm gonna work with my hand. What? Work in a group, what? I just want to go in the corner, put the answers on the paper and hand them in. And what they need to know is that that is differentiated instruction. My job is to not just give you things you're good at all the time. My job is to challenge you. Right. So like I had a friend one time, um, this guy that I used to work with was super, super muscular from the waist up. Right. Steve oh, used to right. tease him all the time. So we call him chicken legs because he would only work out his kid like pecs and abs and like his broad shoulders and his arms. He was like, like, yeah. you know, on, on zoom, he looked like the rock, but then he looked like chicken legs. Um, <laughs> from the waist down because he never worked on his legs and I don't know why but it was like there was this imbalance right so like if we were doing push-ups Steve's all over it if we're doing pull-ups he's all over it if we're doing leg presses or running Brian doing it. I mean why are we doing this why don't we just do some more push-ups because we're trying to fill we're trying to fill you out bro we need you to be we need your mind to be able to expand because your whole life is overcoming things your whole life is figuring out how to overcome stuff that's hard. And if you don't have the ability, like this is the micro of that. What it looks like is schoolwork. What it really is is life lessons and 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 being able to grow into mastery. And so I think it's, it's around having those conversations with kids. And if they still don't wanna do it, right? Like the gym sounds like a great idea and then you go and then you still don't wanna do it. It's like, I just think it's making do kids do stuff anyway. This is the game, bro. Like, this is what this is what I'm called to do is to help you grow in the individual that you are called to be. Then I'm, I'm going to give you the hard stuff to do. And and so, uh, but it's being real clear as to why we're doing that. And then I think sharing that with parents. And I know Maisha. I mean, Maisha sends. You know, Maisha sends like a like basically like a newsletter home to parents every week. Of like this is what's going on and this is what your kids should know. I always loved when I heard that so, teachers did that for like students. I'm I, always like, why are my why don't my kids teachers? It's do literally that? a I mean, thing I that I go, man, I wish I did do. that. Like I I would love to be able to do that. Um, and I'm sure Maisha has her own crushing, like she yeah. has her own schedule and her own things that she can't get done. Um, and I'm sure that that takes the place. But of I love something. that that's an important thing to her. But it, that gets something that's is, so great. It's so great. It's so great. I would love to receive one as a, on the parent side. Yeah. It's special. You just have to send your kid to my age. They're not that, she's not that far. It's only like 300 miles away from us. <laughs> Put her on Zoom. We'll have yeah. a little Zoom yeah. class and she can do it. <laughs> okay. Our next question comes from Michael. Uh, he is asking what to do when you want to grade your students fairly, but know that if you give them low scores, they will shut down. I teach fourth grade ELA. I have, I have a hard time failing those who try hard. Then don't fail them because you're grading them on a different scale. Um, I think that we have a tendency as educators and as, not just as educators, I'd say as institutions to um, have this false idea that fair is equal and it's not. I think that every kid is, is 
trying to perform at a different level. Um, I think it's just not sharing that with everyone. It's not sharing with every kid like, oh, I got, you know, like, I, like so I'll say this. Um, when we're in school, one of the ways that we review for vocabulary is the kids have their, their note cards that we make in class on their table. And then we will, like, one day we'll have, like, uh, sentences with a blank and you have to hold up the word that fills the blank. We'll do um, memes. And so, like, what, what word or definition does this meme uh, most closely, closely relate itself to. So there's all these kind of like silly games and stuff that we've made up over time. And there are certain kids that just sit there with 10 cards on their desk and or five cards or whatever week run 15 cards. Um, and then there are kids that I walk over to and I know the words that are coming up next and I'll pull three cards out and I go, then this is it's going to be one of these. Because they don't have the comprehension skills, the processing skill isn't as quick as everyone else. So it's like, you can't look at 15 things. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to rig this so that it's three. And I know you still have a really good chance of getting this wrong because you're struggling, but it will, it makes it a little bit easier, right? It is um, now look, I think we, we can also let that go too far. Bumpers at the bowling alley are a great idea when you're six, when you're 20, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't know if you need to have those bumpers unless you have like, uh, you really, really struggle or you have some kind of like difference that's, that says that. Um, so it's like, it's trying to figure some of those things out. So students that I have that are dyslexic, I give them credit for listening to audiobooks. If you can, if you can listen to an audiobook, if you can, or sometimes it's, and that changes, sometimes it's follow along with the text while listening to the audio, like, but I have other guys that I'm like, no, you, I need you to read. I need you to be able to do this. So it's figuring out what works for those kids. And then I think it's also communicating to those students that like you didn't fail. Like, like if we graded this regular, you'd have failed. Um, here's why you didn't, but I want you to know that I see something in you. I see that you are growing in this particular way. I see this this change in you, this shift in you, this focus in you, like I see you working hard and trying. And so we're going to get there. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means you're learning differently than the system has, has created this work uh, or that has created this work. And so I, I think it's work, walking kids through that and then praising them and getting them excited, but then remembering like to keep pushing them incrementally to, to try and grow and, and into that next level of, of what they're doing. All right. You want the, the next question? I'll do, a little, uh, put you on the spot question. Do it. You, Is it John Lopez? No. All right. Uh, it's asking Marcel. Um, do you think your your administrators ever watch your channel? Could you honestly be making yourself a target? Um, love your channel and your passion and wisdom has helped me. Thanks, Reynolds. This is a great question. Yeah. I think about this a lot. Um, I think they just finally realize you have one. I, so this this your last recent yeah. administration, um, look, it's possible, right? Like it's possible I could make myself a target. Let me talk to you about why that doesn't matter to me. Um, one, I am not. I have no interest in like just drama for drama's sake, right? Um, do I love gossip at school and hearing about crap that's going on? Yes. It's like, it's just kind of like when things are going on and not even the, the dirty stuff, it's like the amusing stuff. Like it's just kind of cracks me up. Um, like it's like what people are into. Yeah. Uh, I have no interest though in creating drama and creating factions working against one another. I just want to do good work. And so anything that I share on my channel is done so in the hopes that somebody out there that might be going through something similar sees that, look, just because I have a YouTube channel or an Instagram account doesn't mean that my life is perfect. Just because my pictures all look great and we're doing all this fun stuff, it's like things are still hard. I posted a picture on Instagram the other day of my kids coloring after a, a test or a quiz. Um, that's put myself out there because I'm not supposed to do things that are just fun. It's supposed to be tied to the content. But it was a really great experience. Did it go flawlessly? No, because a kid was chucking colored pencils at somebody else in class and I had to address that situation right I had kids that were like drawing on the desk or writing curse words or like uh or um some kid I'm gonna put this out there somebody made um I gave them a challenge I said 
draw, uh, take Plato, and I want you to make these are two guys that are yeah, good, good friends. You're going to make him, and he's going to make you. Well, somebody else gets some Plato, and you know what they did? <laughs> they made a penis and they put it on it, and when I wasn't looking, right? So then I have to address that. So it's not flawless. There are Plato penises being made in class sometimes, and I, I, gotta, I have to address it. But like, it is what it is, right? So it's not perfect. That's what I want folks to understand is that it's not a perfect system. I am not on here trying to blame anyone. I'm not trying to point a finger at anyone in particular that has done something, right? I think it's a collective, it's been a collective experience. And, and so I think the wins and the fails are, are on all of us on some level, um, me included. But, you know, but the, the whole idea of this channel being called Real Rap with Reynolds is real rap for those of you that don't know or what my students refer to as real talk. So if someone says they have to have, yo, can you guys step back? I have to have real rap with Reynolds. Or you'll always hear a kid where like someone says something, they go real rap. Um, that's where that came from, right? Is that my book was, was uh, the even the uh, subtitle was an homage to my students that are always talking about like, yo, Reynolds, I need to have real rap with you. And so that's what this channel is supposed to be around. It's not around like, I think that there are content creators out there that are like trying to publicly diss their schools, publicly diss the education system and go, go at it that way. I'm just not interested. I'll hold a mirror up to the truth. I'll speak my truth, but then I'm always looking for solutions. I'm always looking for things to get better. I'm always, I'm trying to be out here helping people to be the best version of themselves, to be the educator they were called to be. And I'm one facet of how to do that. I am not, this should not be your be all end all is my channel. There's other books and other people to watch and things like that. But it is, um, if I can be an example of like trying to actively work through the difficulty that is the education system, um, and then that's what I'm going to do. And so, look, I, I think that I, part of what I do is I do because I want other people to win, right? Like, and at any expense. The and I'm, so I'm modeling that, right? When I say like I don't do things at school or I'm willing to do things at school for students because the only things that matter. Um, I have to be the example of that in, at large. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Do you want to answer another one? I'll do one more. Because uh, okay. this, let me, by now, oh my gosh, my tooth hurts so bad. And now you're doing better. It's getting better. I'm telling you, I have more energy. I, this has been a low week. It's been a really hard week for me in a thousand ways. Yeah. Um, I think part of what the energy I have is because I don't have that crazy infection that your body's infection. been fighting off for like two years that you should have taken care of two years ago because you were afraid to go yeah. to the dentist yeah, yeah okay. that's a self-care doesn't self-care mm -hmm. put off for two years <laughs> right oh, okay <laughs> michael is asking and it's a two-parter is there a difference between choosing standards then choosing materials material instead of choosing material then fitting the standards to it i have been shut down twice now because i'm choosing the material before standards, if point B is the same, does the method from point A to B really matter? No, I don't think so. It's like, uh, I, it is, I find what kids, this is what I talk about when I'm talking about Michael, like finding what my students are into. Um, I made a rep. This is such a good, like, let me see if this even hits anyone. We're in class the other day and my students are talking about music. And so I'm always interested in these conversations. So I'm interested in like what people are listening to and who they're getting down with and stuff like that. Um, and for a reason, I'm going to go back to that. I say something about uh, a rap artist named A Boogie and the kid, some kid turns to me and goes, yo, does anybody even listen to A Boogie anymore? And I was like, Damn, bro, my guy was hot like five minutes ago. Like in your <laughs> life, maybe you live, I don't know, hip hop's like dog years. It's like, they, my students will act like that was so unbelievably long ago. And then they started. So I said, well, who, who do you get down with then? And so they started talking about that stuff, but it is, is such a good example of like, I have to look at the material, like the standards. I just know, right. Like, like you get to a point where you just kind of know what you have to do, but it's finding what, what are kids interested in? And then how do I connect that to what we're actually gonna read or talk about in class. And then how do I connect that to a standard? Um, because what I'm trying to do, like I know standards are important, right? I'm like, I'm not dissing them. There is some value in having an overarching idea of like what you wanna do, the points you wanna hit. So we are scaffolding over the years so that the kids aren't learning the same thing every year, but they are learning 
a level of like things and then 10th grade is a little harder and then 11th grade is a little harder and then 12th grade is a little bit harder and we go on from there. There's, there's absolute value to that. But what I'm really trying to do is help kids to, to find mastery um, and to help build lifelong learners. And how do we build lifelong learners is we make learning attractive, right? Like we make it like something they want to do. So it's, I don't think it's an either or necessarily, but like, I think it's, it's finding a way to bring those together. And then look, if the way that you have to pitch it to your admin is that you did start with the standard and then this is the thing that you came up with, it's like, then just pitch it that way, right? It's like, it's not worth the argument. No, sometimes it's not worth the argument. Um, But I think that if what you're doing is right for kids and you're hitting all of your markers, then who cares how you came to your conclusion? Sometimes I do, we'll look at standards and I'm like, oh, we haven't hit that yet. What can we do that's going to speak to this or that's going to help kids learn this? Or I'll think like, we haven't done irony yet this year. How can we do irony? And then other times I see something that's ironic and I go, oh, snap, we should use that in the irony. Uh, like when we talk about that in class, oh, we should talk about like um, just recently I was put onto the show called Yellow Jackets that all of my students are watching. And it is, it's too. We watched the first episode. That was enough for yeah, us. There's too, it's too inappropriate for me to show in class, but I could reference it. I could show a picture of because the kids are already watching it anyway. Right. And so it's just like, but it made me think like, oh, this is directly connected to like Lord of the Flies. So what can I take out of this to connect to Lord of the Flies that makes Lord of the Flies come alive on a different level? That's how I'm thinking about stuff. So I hope that answered your question. But look, gang, I swear, let me, can I just for one second say that it has been almost six years that we've been doing this, right? Six years. Um, And I mean, my hair was brown almost when I started doing this, I think. It was half and half. Yeah, yeah. At least. You know, things change. Um, I just am so grateful to the people that show up every week that are doing this and not just for us, right? Like it, it is really um the people that supported us undoubtedly it's been incredible like the fact that people watch from all over the world is just is just extraordinary to me but it is really it is it fills me with such joy and hope to know that like like thousands of people um or hundreds of people are digesting a piece of content that is helping them to be better that you're looking this is like you're looking to be better And you're even willing to watch some guy from Philadelphia at one o'clock Eastern time on, you know, on a live, or you're listening to this as part of the podcast, um, or you're, you know, wherever you're consuming this is that you are trying to get better. And even if today's really hard, that's something to hold on to, to know that you are actively trying to get better every day in every way that you possibly can. And some days you're going to have a monumental shift. Some days there's a little tiny shift and some days there feels like no shift at all. But the fact that you keep going is really, really inspiring. So I really thank all of you for doing the work that you're doing, for keeping your love and kid and, and, and focus on the kids um, and for continuing to do the great work that you do. Uh, and that being said, we will see you back here uh, next week, 1 p.m. Eastern time. And look, if you have a friend that needs some, that needs it, just pass it on. You know, like there's, uh, I don't often ask people to, to like and subscribe and things of that nature, but like, but it's like, who, who might need some of what you're doing? Um, share it with them. And, and hopefully we can help one another uh, get to the next place. That's it, gang. I'll see you next week. Peace.